0: Hello everyone, welcome to NBA Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by, as always, Perry Aston. Perry, say hello. Hey,
1: what's going on everyone?
0: And remember that you can follow our podcast on SoundCloud, and also make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter, at NBA Unwrapped. Make sure to follow me, at CorbinMRPK, and Perry, what's your Twitter name again?
1: It's uh, my name, Perry Aston A-S-T-O-N, and uh, make sure you guys are keeping up with our podcast page on Twitter. That's like uh, Corbin said, at NBA Unwrapped. We we completely revamped that entire site. We completely are up to date with every single move, every rumor, fun things that are going around the NBA. So take a look at that. Uh, We're pretty quick with it. So if you want to get a little more basketball knowledge and – to see kind of our day-to-day thoughts, take a look at our Twitter, it's definitely, uh, it's a
0: good one. Yeah, and really quickly before we get into our podcast for the day, I just got to recognize Perry, he's been doing just an incredible job on our Twitter, I try to tweet some stuff out from our Twitter account, but Perry is just much more active on social media and he's done an unbelievable job, so Perry, just thank you for all that you've been doing to help us get noticed. of course thank
1: you very much yeah
0: yeah so all right well today's episode it's a little bit different than normal um i think it's going to be fun episode for sure though we're going to have about six different topics we're going to try to go through within about five to six minutes per topic and then we're going to get to the top 10 players in the nba debate that we tried to get to on a different episode when we were talking about the 2k ratings and the top 10 players of all time but Unfortunately, we just didn't have time. That episode ran a little longer than normal, just as most of ours do. Uh Um, But yeah, today we will get to it. So, all right, let's just, uh, we'll start it off with the Kyrie trade just really quickly. I know we spent most of our last episode talking about the Kyrie trade. Um, It didn't completely go through the way that we had talked about it. The only difference was that the Celtics ended up having to send an additional second rounder to the Cavaliers to complete the trade. They had to send that second rounder just because Isaiah Thomas's hip wasn't as healed as the Cavaliers expected it would be. Perry, do you have many thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I give kudos to the new GM of the Cavs. Uh, I know it really didn't make the biggest difference, but when you are already sucking the Celtics a little bit dry when it comes to <laughs> you know, how many assets you're getting compared to giving up in reality, even though it's Kyrie just one, Now you've, you know, really played your cards right, realized that you do have to pass this physical before anything goes through, and then kind of just was like, okay, you know, it's a little worse than we think. Obviously, it's not as bad as enough to not complete this trade or have them back out or anything, but it was definitely bad enough for them to be able to milk something out else from the Celtics, so... I definitely think since our last one, uh, our last podcast talking about it, no one expected there to be a little hiccup, but uh, I think the Cavs played it off amazing.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of have to give kudos to both sides. I think you got to make sure you recognize the Cavs GM, Kobe Altman, in that he was able to secure even more. I thought it was a great trade for the Cavs given how Kyrie was wanting to be traded anyways. I thought they got right. more than I would have ever expected. Um, but then on top of that, to get a second rounder, I know it's not much, but you never know. Once in a while, there's a second rounder that can at least contribute to a team. Sometimes, hey, what are you
1: talking about? Isaiah Thomas was the last year. You're, you're, right, you're right. Is, you're right. You're so right. Yeah.
0: Once in a while, there's even a, there's that all star that comes out. You got Marcus Gasol, Marc Gasol, Isaiah Thomas, Manu Ginobili. So once in a while. Um, And then you also got to give credit to the Celtics, too. I kind of thought after the Isaiah thomas hip situation came up that they were going to end up having to give up another first-rounder, which I didn't think would have been in their best interest, obviously, but I think that might have even swayed the trade the other way. So definitely congratulate uh, Danny Ainge on making sure that um, he... He held firm, and he knew that he was giving up a lot, I'm sure, so he wasn't oh, going to give up any yeah, more. Well, one
1: thing I was going to say is that uh, I, I was reading rumors that they were requesting Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and then those rumors went away within a day or two because... Just like what you said, Celtics stood their ground. Realized they weren't going to give up any, especially those assets. Those, yeah, they're, no, giving Jay, no they're giving up. They're giving up Jay Crowder because of how much talent that they have and how much upside that they have at the small forward position. You're not going to go and unload another one from you know this year's draft. I think Jason Tatum. Just like I'm not sure how you feel, but he's definitely one of the best talents out of this year's draft. I know for a while I was saying he might be the best: Javder Hammer, Dennis Smith Jr. Um, but, yeah, no, seriously, there's no way you're going to unload that. So, just the fact that those rumors went away so quickly, just the Celtics kind of stood their ground. And I like that. Just giving away another stick around pick is the end of the world for them. But, and on the other side, for the Cavs, they were fine with the trade before. And then they just built another, you know, pick. So, I think, it was, you know, just I think we both got to give kudos to both sides.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. For cool. Sure. So, we're going to move on to the next topic. Uh, I guess I know the other part of last week's. Our last podcast was talking about the tampering charges or at least the tampering investigation that's going to go, that was going to go on to the Lakers. That investigation was a lot shorter than we expected. And we have all the results, obviously uh, the Lakers were fined 500,000 if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and uh, yeah, so I mean not a small fine, nothing too hefty at the end of the day with what could happen. If there is anything found, it's obviously not as bad as it could have been, but clearly they didn't find that much if you know it was a very quick investigation let's just say that but i just want to know what your thoughts are now that we're talking about it a week or two later
0: yeah like you said it wrapped up sooner than i thought it would a lot of people were reporting it would take probably about a month and it was what a week and a half two weeks uh i think there really wasn't too much there it seems like at least too much there that's out of the ordinary i mean like we talked about on last week's podcast or last podcast tampering goes on in the nba all the time and the only thing that somewhat concerns me as a lakers fan the five hundred thousand dollar fine i i don't care that they got fined that they could have been fined five million i know genie bus would rather not pay that magic johnson's offered to pay the five hundred thousand out of his salary but as long as you're not doing anything with us losing draft picks or not being able to sign Paul George. It yeah, that, really that's doesn't matter too much. But the only thing that somewhat concerns me is that I thought that Magic Johnson would have been the one who would have been at fault for tampering, and it was actually Rob Palenka. And you think about it, Palenka is a former free agent. He's supposed to know how Home to agent. be savvy about all of this stuff with being able to able to tamper without actually tampering according to the nba and yeah, for him to
1: yeah
0: so for him to be caught doing that in his first off season, that's a little little uh worrisome but
1: yeah also this was something that was a bigger deal and now we can say that he probably got that out of his system and he kind of made, you're gonna make a mistake when you're you know, thrust into a, b- a bigger position maybe he didn't understand one or two things I know he probably should have but now at least this is all that happened and he can move on from this and I don't think he's stupid enough to do something like this again
0: yeah well I think also just it would have been so hard to actually find something concrete to prove that he was tampering because he can communicate with Paul George's agent because George shares the same agent as Julius Randall and the Russell when Russell was on the Lakers, too. So him reaching out to George's agent in and of itself doesn't mean anything. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know what happened, but hopefully he learns from it. The Pacers, reportedly, are considering suing, I believe, the NBA and the Lakers over the findings. I guess they think there's more to it than what the NBA was able to find, but... Yeah, I'm not concerned that it's going to last any longer than it has. I think it's over for sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's over. It was a much quicker investigation that me and you both uh, thought yeah. I'd be talking about it this soon. So yeah. clearly, there wasn't much to look into. Yeah,
0: definitely. All right. So, next up, we got the news that LaMelo Ball, a he's going to be a high school junior this year. His father, LeVar Ball, gave him his own shoe line with the Big Baller brand, which. For any of you that don't know, if you're an amateur athlete, so at least the way the NCAA has this is, if you're playing in the NCAA, you cannot benefit financially from your likeness. And I believe it's the same way in high school too. LeBron James, his senior year of high school was suspended for like 10 or 12 games because I think he had a Hummer that was suspicious how he got a brand new Hummer. Um, So LaMelo Ball, his... His eligibility is coming into question, not just in college, but in high school too. And Perry, I want to hear what your thoughts are about that. And then also LeVar Ball's comments about the whole thing basically, that it doesn't matter. No one can tell him what to do. He's his own boss. If he wants sure. his son to have a shoe, his son's going to have a shoe. So, what yeah, do you think about
1: that? I, I know the spokesman for uh, the Big Baller brand when asked about the NCAA inevitability or anything like that. He kind of just said, we'll leave that up to the NCAA. So uh, I guess, yeah, I think they're trying to solidify that they just don't care and they can do whatever they want. But in reality, they're independent. And they can do whatever they want. It's just the fact that they're on such a big public scale that it actually matters to people. Um, but of course, you know, I don't know the fine rules. I know you don't know the fine line of the rules for eligibility on you know high school or college really uh, we both know the basic rule that you can't profit off your like you know likeness but then again is he profiting or is this a loophole with his father to where it's the family Mm -hmm. business that's profiting and he might profit on the back end but then again he's it's his dad so I really think that they're going to find rather a way around this or he's kind of solidified that Lamella Ball is going to have to go play a year overseas.
0: Yeah. I just, I know that it's not just the player himself that can't benefit financially. It's family members too, because this has happened before with other players as it's happened. I know NCAA and high school are their own separate entities, but, It's similar rules, and in the NCAA, Reggie Bush, that whole scandal with USC, with him having to give back his Heisman, and the NCAA still doesn't recognize that SC won the college football BCS championship in 2004, and all of that stemmed from the fact that Reggie Bush got his parents into a house rent-free that was owned by an agent. So he wasn't benefiting, his family was, and the blame shouldn't be put on Reggie Bush, because... Anyone in that situation, yeah, you're going to want to provide for I your family. Do the same thing. But again, we're not discussing, we're not debating that. Um, we're debating the Lamelo Ball's shoes, but it's the same thing. I think that in this case, it's just Lonzo Ball being selfish. I think it's just well, Lamelo or Lonzo? no, uh, not Lonzo. Sorry, Levar Ball being selfish um, because he has control. It seems like he gets to decide what his sons are going to do, or at least gets to play a large factor in what they're going to do. And as far as this shoe thing, it seems like it was LeVar Ball's decision to make. Yes, maybe LaMelo Ball wanted to do it, but I question how much he realizes the whole scope of this entire issue. Um
1: well, I mean, if you're looking at it from a 17-year-old kid, it's awesome to have your own shoe, So I guess you're not going to really thinking about your eligibility and all that stuff. But then again, he is one of the top recruits in all of high school. So yeah, I think, there number, is, there I think, is a think number eight in the recruiting
0: class.
1: Yeah, there is a decision to be made. Like He's rather going to figure it out, and they're going to send him to college somewhere, regardless of what happened with the shoe, and they figure out a loophole to where he didn't benefit or something. Obviously, I know you bring up USC situation with Reggie Bush. You your family can't benefit either, but who knows how they figure this one out. Uh, if they don't, then maybe he goes and plays a year or two overseas, you know, internationally or whatever, and then comes to the NBA. But I don't think him coming to the NBA is going to be a problem, regardless. But I, you know, the shoe is hideous. It's like red and green. It's like Christmas in September, and yeah, it's terrible. So I mean, it's not like the kid came out with this fire shoe and everyone's lining up to buy it yeah it's a hundred dollars less than his brothers but his brother was just the number two pick in the nba who's playing for the los angeles lakers yeah, yeah. it might be a little too much to pay for those shoes but it might be worth it too if you are you know aren't too strapped on money and you you know why not you're gonna grab those shoes he does he is a significant person and this was a big deal that like he was the first player to have his own shoe before stepping out of court for the nba but like now his you know little brother not even his you know little brother his little little brother let's see the, the youngest one now he just has this you know green and red shoe that's you know whatever and he's in high school like whatever dude you know i, I feel like it's a cool cool thing if you're a kid from a business standpoint and from how much this matters it's super insignificant no one's gonna pay a hundred dollars less to get Lonzo's, you know, youngest brother's shoe, if you could just get Lonzo's shoe, you know? exactly.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's if you're gonna pay three ninety five for a shoe, why pay that for some um, shoe of a kid brother, in high his school? Is somewhat distinguished. He just got picked
1: number two, and he's on the Lakers. This yeah, kid hasn't even gone to college exactly. yet. I'm
0: saying just pay the extra hundred and get yeah, someone in the a, NBA versus, and versus and so, you know. yeah versus a junior in high school. So yeah, I think look if he's trying to get to the NBA if he's good enough he's going to get to the NBA regardless but I do think if he ends up having to go to the EuroLeague maybe that makes him drop a few spots in the draft as we've seen in Europe a lot of times the younger players that end up getting drafted into the NBA they don't get a ton of playing time over in Europe yes they have a lot of potential but they're still playing against full-grown men that at this point in time are better than.
1: people give international ball enough credit. Like yeah. it's really difficult to go play over international. Yeah, but. definitely. All right, so we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, well, something I'm very interested in, I know Victor Oladipo on the Pacers uh, a few days ago uh, just released his debut single, uh, a song it got released by Complex, which uh, I follow closely. They uh, you know, give me a lot of my entertainment news. And when I was just, you know, scrolling through my Twitter feed, I saw Victor Oladipo, you know, he's looking up in the sky, he's wearing a fedora, uh, he's wearing an open uh, Hawaiian shirt, totally looks like an R&B kind of album. So I mean, it's a Victor Oladipo, I believe it's called Song for You. Uh, yeah, he came out with that. I read maybe two or three articles on this. People are really loving it, actually. Uh, I think people are just drawn to it because it's an NBA player and, but I think you know he's got amazing vocals out here, and um, yeah. So I'm gonna we're gonna bring that up and just kind of uh, the whole segment just talking about entertainment with the NBA. Uh, obviously, you know players do have their own lives outside playing on the court, but you know this might be somewhat of a trend now. We saw just we were just talking about the Ball family. We saw Lonzo Ball uh, release a little rap and stuff, and you know Damian Lillard is. A serious rapper actually and he's coming out with some good stuff and he's really good so now you know you got another NBA player come out I don't think he's rapping I heard he's got a beautiful voice so he's more singing but I'm, I even read something how people wanted to see a collab with you know Oladipo and with Damian Lillard and that would actually sound probably really good so we're gonna I'm gonna ask your opinion on kind of you know, NBA players doing something else besides NBA that draws attention uh, also, and your thoughts on kind of just the entertainment aspect of the NBA and how this might affect it.
0: Yeah, I think that I have no problem with players trying to pursue other interests outside of basketball. It's no different from if you have any other job, the job does not consume your entire life. There are going to be people that are going to be saying that, Oh, why aren't these players out on the court working on their game instead of in the studio recording these songs? Well, there's only so much time you can put into the gym and into the weight room before your body starts to break down. You just can't be in there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So I have no problem with that. As far as entertainment as a whole, again, no problem with that at all. We've seen in just the music industry, we've seen players before try to step into it. Kobe, Brian even had... A little bit of uh, he kind of tried to go into there once he first got into uh, the league. Ron Artest had a couple songs. Yeah. Ron Artest, Metal World Piece. Shaq had some. I think he had. Yeah. Shaq, he had,
1: Shaq's a DJ right
0: now. He goes yeah. like DJ Diesel. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, he's actually, he's got his own DJ channel. Like, it's pretty cool, actually.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, but I think entertainment as a whole. Look, I mean, there's always players that try to get into the movies. And uh, yeah, no problem with. Players pursuing other interests outside of basketball.
1: Yeah, and I think it's cool because you know, this is not the first time he's kind of saying uh, for the NBA. He has done a surprising amount of singing since coming in the league. Um, <laughs> he's saying, I believe I can fly at the All Star game this past February, I believe. Yeah, that was talent show. Yeah, that was pretty cool, and he was really good. Uh, during the 2015 dunk contest, he sang New York, New York before throwing down uh, a 360 reverse dunk. And that ended with a 50 for the dunk and probably his vocals. But <laughs> yeah, he sang and then dunked. So like, I, I don't really know how you put your two loves together of singing and basketball besides literally being in the dunk yeah. contest and singing a song and then dunking and getting a perfect score that's... That's pretty cool. And uh, when he got drafted, uh, when he went to the Magic, I know he sung to express his feelings on the high pick, on uh, in an interview, and everything. So, really, just, just not out of nowhere. He clearly can sing, he clearly loves to sing, and he's clearly had plans. And now he's using how big his name is in the NBA to get a music career started. So, I think that's amazing i think it's awesome um one of my favorite dj sims getter he was known from vine i don't know if you remember that what vine was with yeah. those little five, five six second videos him and nicoletti you know they're hilarious like totally known for vine He got so big on a social media platform or you know on any platform and then just used that to start releasing music and already had a crowd already had people that followed him and they just had to adjust for what was next So it's really the same thing here, and I love that he's taking his fans and hoping that they'll follow him, and if he doesn't have fans for him in the NBA that see this, maybe just the fact that it's an NBA player will draw them to it. I know it has uh, already really good reviews, and he's saying that an EP is coming out. EP is pretty much a mixtape, so uh, yeah, he released a big caption when he put out this song, so the EP is coming, and it's fire. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's clearly got a lot of confidence in himself, uh, I would love to see him and Damian Lillard like team up and do some sort of collab with you know Oladipo singing and Lillard rapping. That would be so cool for the NBA as a whole. Just seeing these players playing against each other on the court, but being able to put that aside. And obviously, they are an NBA family, and they are a bunch of guys that are just getting paid a lot of money to do what they love. So you know, and at the end of the day, they're not looking to kill each other off the court. You know, they they're all a lot of them are friends, and if they're not, they're probably really cool or have mutual respect. And if you're an NBA player and another NBA player is singing or rapping and you both are actually causing some waves in the entertainment industry, yeah, of course you're going to link up. You know, that's just gravity pulling you guys together. So I can't, I mean, instead of, I, can't, I would love to see that. I can't wait until that happens, I'll say that. So, yeah, I love, love, love this for the entertainment aspect of the NBA. It makes it fun. I love music. I'm a musician myself, so love to see, uh, you know, Talented people doing other talented things. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's move on to Julius Randall. Sent out a video a few days ago about him. Just uh, it was a video of him shooting three pointers at the Lakers' new practice facility. It went on for like forty-five seconds, and he was hitting all of his threes. And so, I just want to talk about the players in the NBA and really any sport over their off season. They always send out these videos showing how hard they're training and making them look like they're going to come back better than ever the following season. And I just want to talk a little bit about it and like, is it something that you can actually believe? Because especially in Julius Randall's case, I remember last summer there was a video that emerged of him shooting three after three and making each one. And then the season started and he got better at shooting threes, but he still was not a three-point marksman. I think he shot like 27%. Um, so yeah, I don't know, just what's your overall take on players sending out these videos trying to prove that they're uh, I think, I, I think working it's, yeah, on, yeah, just like you said, proving. I think it's to the fans, to people that are doubting them.
1: I think they're trying to put out some sort of little clip to like, you know, yeah, clearly I'm doing so much training in the gym, but like here's just a little snippet of like how wet I am, you know, so... <laughs> That's cool. I remember Ben Simmons was putting out a video like a month or two ago of him just draining a bunch of threes, also with a little bit different of a shot. And still kind of broken, but I mean, he was making his shots too. So, I mean, if you're a Ben Simmons fan and you're worried about him not coming back from an injury or hoping that everything's okay still, seeing him, you know, get up there and, you know, have a little bit of explosion when he's rising for his shot and you know, having a decent-looking stroke and making his shots, yeah, you're happy. I, I, and I think as another player, you probably hate this. I mean, clearly every player is working just as hard as other players, and yeah, there's probably other players. Like, Kobe was known to be, like, crazy in the gym. Like, he you couldn't pull him out, kind of thing. But yeah, I'm sure there's other players that you know, gain a little bit of weight in the offseason, have to come back and really go extra hard and stuff like that, and aren't as dedicated, but still clearly are athletic enough and dedicated enough to be in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, clearly it's it's going to change, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of just a showboaty kind of thing. Yeah, as a Lakers fan, I would love to see Randall taking threes this year. That's long, the one as long thing as he's, long gonna
0: he's, gonna
1: he's making, he's, though. He's, he's an ox, he's a bull, he's yeah. like. He is stronger than anyone on the floor. I don't even know who they're playing, but he's stronger than anybody. Like that's it. Like this dude's gonna sit down, and arm wrestle you. Like you have no chance. <laughs> but like, yeah, when he's got you in the post, like he's able to body you up. And like, just like me and you were talking about earlier, that this dude is so fast and explosive too. And me and you both watch him just like dribble the ball up like it's nothing, full court, and like make like you know a transition layup and stuff. This dude can literally—he's he got handles too. But you know when you're guarding him. And it's kind of a little bit tricky to guard someone like that, but it's a lot easier to guard someone like that when you know they can't shoot. So you're going to play them to come at you. You're going to play them to post up. So, you know, having him have some sort of threat on the outside, and if not the outside, at least like, you know, mid range to somewhere near the three point, just a consistent shot to where like they're going to have to come out on him when, and, you know, maybe a pump fake might work every once in a while. Like, that will make the world a difference in this game. And that might make it to where it's worth it to keep Randall around in LA. And clearly they got rid of Russell, so they're not about to abandon ship on their entire core. So I, I know that they love Randall there. I know it's, it's clear that he's just a crazy specimen of a man. And now, you know, seeing a video of him making threes makes a fan like me happy. Just like I'm saying, it's, <laughs> it's literally just to show them, hey, look, I'm putting in work check this out, the season's, you know, the one for the books, like, check this out, like, whatever, dude, like, in reality it's just making fans like me or other people happy to see that you know, they're doing what you expect them to do, or if you're a little bit of an advanced fan and you can, like, look at the analytics of the game and you know what each player might need to work on specifically, it might be even more reassuring for you to see them putting out videos of them doing that specific thing, working on it, so yeah, it's great. I think it's kind of douchey you know what I mean just like it's a show buddy thing it's just to to sh- 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 show people it's rather that you're having the best offseason literally of off time of all time and you're trying to put out like like to be honest I think Carmelo Anthony might be having the best offseason of his life like I'm not even trying I'm, I'm, he's put out so many videos it's like of hoodie Mellow and he's working with uh, I believe his name is Chris Brinkley I think that's his name uh, he's like the go-to trainer for like a lot of these top NBA stars. And yeah, I mean, like to see like video after video after video after video of this dude in these like weird hoodies, just like balling up. Like you, anyone would want hoodie mellow on their team, like anybody at all. But you know that that's cool. But I think at that point he's just working so hard and just putting in so much time. And he's at like you know Chris Brinkley's place, and so I think just so many videos are emerging. He's not putting out one specific video to like. A bunch of haters that are like he can't shoot yeah blah 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 and be like hey look i can't shoot you know it's i, I don't know i think it, it's different depending on the person for ben simmons it's just proving that he can still you know move and play and that his shot's not completely broken and you know what's up guys um you know i'm not dead like i'm still here i'm still for rookie of the year so i think that was just kind of a hello fans um, if you're still there, and then I think Randall just everyone knows that he's a great player, but he's not or sorry, good player, but he's never going to be great until he gets a shot down. So, you know, if you see Randall with a video of him spinning to the basket, making a layup, you're not going to care, but you know, making some threes is kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it's, it's, I guess it's cool.
0: Yeah, it just, it just gives fans hope. It's, the offseason, it's kind of the dead part of the offseason now. Free agency is pretty much over, just waiting for training camp to come around. So, yeah, just it really just gives us something to talk about. This has been probably the slowest, definitely the slowest part of the offseason. We had a really crazy offseason to start. It's died down, except now I, I talk about the Kyrie Irving trade that just happened. But other than that, it's nothing really has been going on Um, but then on top of those normal videos you always got the Joel Embiid nursing some type of injury during the offseason but he's still gonna show you that he can still block five-year-olds at a camp he's he's putting on. He's still a lot taller than most humans and he can just block them on a five-foot hoop. Yep. So you got that annual video that should be coming out any day now?
1: Yeah so uh, we're gonna gonna move on to the next one but yeah so clearly the uh, videos are cool I guess it's more of a reassurance for fans maybe to prove that you're you you know, you're back or something, but whatever. Uh, so big order of business, Houston Rockets. Uh, I know they, uh, their old owner, Leslie Alexander, we been trying to sell them for a bit. Uh, sold for a record of $2.2 billion to Two-billionaire Tillman Fertitta, uh, I believe I just pronounced that right. Yes, you do. Uh, but yeah, $2.2 billion. So, I know that's a record What do you think about
0: that? That's a lot of money <laughs> Yeah, that is Definitely a lot of money uh, I think that I'd be curious just If the Clippers were up for sale again right now How much they'd go for Because I'd have to imagine that Even though the Clippers are the lesser team In LA, it's still a bigger market So, I just wonder How
1: much did they sell for? They went
0: for $2 billion and that was What, uh, three right. three or four yeah. years ago? I mean, maybe, Palmer? maybe because maybe they might be worth a little bit more now because of the fact that they're going to be getting their own
1: stadium and differentiating from the Lakers and having the same home and everything like oh, that.
0: Yeah, but even even yeah, without maybe. that, even without that, just the natural course of progression for the NBA and all these teams, you see how much more they're selling for, and just how we are talking how, how, just how, much, how much how much of A, a few yeah. years
1: though, this isn't like five or ten, to where you're like, wow, that's been you know. A decade later, this is such I, a difference. You're talking just I, a
0: couple I know, years I know, ago. but it's just showing how each year NBA teams and really all teams and all sports get more valuable. But, like, especially in the case of this Tillman Fertita guy and Leslie Alexander, when the Rockets were for sale in 1993, they both bid to try to buy the Rockets. Tillman Fertita was offering 83 million dollars and Leslie Alexander bought the Rockets for 85 million dollars now so yeah he he was close back then too well yeah but I'm trying to just illustrate how what is this 24 years later what's that return on investment it's like over 2,000 percent well over 2,000 close to 3,000 and
1: you're still selling it to the guy that was second to you it's not even like you know this dude's literally just been waiting all those years for the Rockets to go back to sale again (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah I mean I think it's cool because uh, one thing I read up was that someone for Tita, um, he is the owner of Golden Nugget, uh, one of the casinos yeah. in Vegas, yeah. so you add him to list of owners that have casino sharings in Vegas and other places. so just a cool little stat, nothing too important. but clearly the dude's got a lot of money and he's dispersed at a, you know throughout a lot of different places. I haven't read too much about this Fertitta guy, but he yep. $2.2 um, $2. 2 billion. So, yeah, so that was you know, a... really,
0: really, really quickly, a, a quick nugget on the Golden Nugget. That was a terrible pun. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so since um, Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Golden Nugget Casino, um, since he's buying the Rockets now the Golden Nugget is not allowed to offer any betting wagers at all on any Houston Rockets games going forward. Really? Yeah, I found that interesting, but it makes sense because um, although he owns the Rockets, I mean, I don't know the type of person he is, but who's to say that if he could take bets on them, he wouldn't try to sway it one way or the other. Probably wouldn't, but just to be safe, that's how the NBA operates, and it's smart thinking. All
1: right. So yeah, so crazy that, you know, NBA team is worth that much nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty much we went on the next one, but it's a pretty easy segue. We were just talking about the old owner of the uh, Rockets, Leslie Alexander. He was been trying to sell the Rockets for, you know, a little bit of time now. Uh, also, the crazy stuff happening with, um, you know, with Houston and everything right now is kind of a crazy time anyways with the city of houston and the entire state of texas and all the other states that have been affected by you know these crazy hurricanes and everything but during the min you know mints of this whole you know selling this team i'm sure him and fertita were trying to work this out for a little while he goes and donates 10 million dollars it was originally supposed to be i believe four or five he ups the annie to 10 million dollars and donates it to the hurricane harvey fund for houston so amazing you know move we we gave him credit when we found that out on our Twitter page. you know, just a humbled move by this is an amazing man. so clearly, you know sports aside, there's some really good people that are holding high positions in you know a lot of different places that if severe celebrity in sports or music entertainment, anything so. Just seeing that he clearly was trading the team, and to see that Houston meant that much to him as a city, and that you know there's disasters that happen not often and not at this sort of level, but when it does, you know, remember Katrina and all that stuff. You remember when the you know the Saints won that Super Bowl after that city built themselves back up together? It was a fucking movie, is what it was. (laughs) So you know to see this happen. But seeing some people, I know that money only does so much. But you know, money does bring relief efforts and stuff, and you know, bringing on something else on top of this topic. JJ Watt, you know, a football player for the Houston Texans. We're going to shift, you know, another sport here. Uh, it doesn't even matter what sport he plays; just another tremendous guy. Um, he started off his um, Harvey Relief Fund. And it was supposed to get uh, what it is now is about a hundred times the amount that he originally set for and just yeah, everyone's I think
0: He He had originally planned for like a hundred or a few hundred thousand dollars, right?
1: Yeah, something realistic, you know, and now he's just at millions and millions of dollars. I don't really know, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's it's gotten to a cr- number kind of thing and it's it's really just it doesn't matter how much money it is it's the fact that he used his kind of sports he's an athlete he's a big athlete he used that to rally people together he happened to be on the team that is in houston so he knows he sees it around him so a lot of people came together i know the tennessee titans which is their rival team their owner completely put football aside donated like a million or two something like that to jj watts um hurricane you know uh, run right now that he's doing for um hurricane harvey so just to see that and seeing leslie alexander donating all this money you know guys like me and you we can only donate as much as we have or as much as you know we you know it's, it's a terrible situation for people that aren't as fortunate to help the people that have been struck by this but you know you have people that are in that position and to see them not caring about anything, but coming together right now, I think is awesome, and makes sports mean even more to me, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, you kind of touched upon just the, it's just the power of sports, and the power that these athletes hold, in the position that they are, I know there's been stuff that has been brought up before about athletes getting into politics, and putting their views on stuff, like, my opinion is that athletes are humans, and they can insert their opinion into anything but this is something where it just is so cool to see the power that these athletes have and for them to put it to something that is not something that's debatable whether they should be doing this or not absolutely if you're an athlete if you have any sway at all if you have any social media following at all and you can help make an impact with helping people's lives saving people yeah, raising absolutely awareness anything Yeah, and then you talked about how money obviously helps, but there's more stuff you can do. In the case of J.J. Watt, I'm sure Leslie Alexander has donated his time as well too, but I know J.J. Watt, he was overseeing the supplies coming into Houston and then helping pass those supplies out. So it wasn't just the money with J.J. Watt, he was also there sacrificing his time. And I'm sure with him being there, there were other people that were more than willing to help out just for the sole fact that they could hang out with JJ Watt.
1: Yeah, and you know that's just that's the exact type of thing that I know that the NFL recognizes players for. Uh, it's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award cool. and stuff, and that can range for anything. But this is that kind of character-defining stuff that you know because I just read on the numbers it reached. It's now reached twenty million dollars. The past the twenty million dollar mark, which is a hundred times more than his original set amount. So just to see, like that's, I can't can't even, wrap my words, that's a hundred times more than you. That's not just J.J. Watt right there. That shows the power of people too and the power that there are still some good people in this world and in a crazy political time and a clearly a catastrophic environmental time and all these crazy things going on. It's hard to wrap your mind around all this stuff, but you know, you got to just look down to human decency sometimes and seeing a guy like J.J. Watt, just like you said, passing out, you know, supplies and stuff like that, overseeing this stuff. Yeah, he can be training right now, but clearly, like, the Houston Texans didn't play their week four. Preseason game, you know, against the Cowboys because they're both Texas teams. There was a way bigger picture than sports, so really, that's kind of uh, all we really wanted to talk about when it came to this topic. Just to get off basketball for a second, it was a good transition with Les- Leslie Alexander being so charitable himself. Um, but yeah, just wanted to recognize just the sports community as a whole and all that they've done for helping so far it's not nearly over and it's just going to continue and continue and continue. But as of, you know, this particular podcast uh, recognition is due uh, to the people that are working so hard to bring whatever relief they can to, you know, the crazy stuff going on in this world and uh, you know, horrible things going on still, you know, there's two uh, tropical storms or something that are with Irma as well, you know, so there's fires all over the place. So just, Taking a moment to appreciate everyone uh and everything that we have and seeing people that are such high you know people up in entertainment in the entertainment world especially sports making a
0: difference is touching so right yeah well said so all right let's uh get into the last part of our podcast we're going to be making sure we end this podcast with the debate So this debate is one that we wanted to have on a former episode, like I talked about, but just couldn't get to it. So we'll be discussing the top 10 players in the NBA right now, Um, each of our opinions on it. So I guess, Perry, I'll let you start. Did you want to go? You do your list first and then mine, or do we go each the yeah, yeah, number we'll do, one? Uh, yeah,
1: I guess I, let's say let's do our top five first Okay. Um, because I think that's going to be most similar, and then we'll keep going with that. But uh, I'm going to start with my top five. I, the clear number one consensus, I think, for both of us, uh, LeBron James. Uh, clearly, he's the best player in the world right now. Uh, Kevin Durant. At a close number two, uh, dude's amazing, uh, even with, even on the Warriors, he's clearly their best player, so uh, second best player in the world, definitely in the league, Russell Westbrook, that dude's crazy, triple-double machine, have him slotted at number three, uh, we got James Harden for me at number four, sorry about that, my phone's dropping a little bit, so we got James Harden. Uh, Crazy, crazy, crazy player. He went to Arizona State where uh, I'm alumni at. So (laughs) much love to James Harden and and, uh, Kawhi Leonard. That's going to wrap up my five. So, uh, yeah, so let's go to your five first.
0: Okay, yeah, we got uh, four of the five players are the same. So number one, I don't think you can debate. There's few people that try to say Durant's number one. LeBron James is the best player in the league. Yes, he's lost a little bit of athleticism, but he is still far and away the best player in the league. Kevin Durant is number two, and I think that his position at number two is pretty much solidified as well. I don't think there's anyone that's scratching right at his heels at trying to get that number two spot. Number three, I have Russell Westbrook as well, so our top three are the exact same. Westbrook, we all know what he did this last season getting the MVP averaging a triple-double he's an absolute menace and gives his everything every single game every single minute I love his mentality Uh number four I have Anthony Davis at number four and I know that kinda surprised you that I would have him so high but I just think crazy. I just think Anthony Davis, part of why he isn't discussed as one of the best players in the league right now is because he's playing in New Orleans where they've kind of just forgotten about him. When was it? Three years ago when they played the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. That's when the Pelicans were actually relevant. And at that time, Anthony Davis, I think that year he had the best player efficiency rating season ever for any NBA player of all time and I just I just think that he's forgotten because he is on the Pelicans and then at number five I have Kawhi Leonard Um, I have him above players like James Harden and Steph Curry I don't want to take anything away from them but just Kawhi Leonard's ability to impact the game both offensively and defensively sets him apart for me
1: no I, I can totally see that so I mean we both got pretty much first we got four of the same five uh, the only difference is, because I got uh, Kawhi at number five also. You had Anthony Davis at four. Yeah. Uh, I had James Harden. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that's a little too high for AD. AD is on my top ten, so total credit to him. Dude's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't get a very big spotlight being where he is also. Uh, I think just seeing this year, uh, it's really going to see the kind of player he is. I see Carl anthony Towns maybe in a year or two being – you know, just as good if not better if Anthony Davis doesn't have the, you know, that year. So, I'm not wow. going to give him a top five spot for sure. And I'm not going crazy
0: on Carl Anthony Townsley. I'm just saying from what he's shown so quickly, I, that I dude just, might be the best
1: center in the league. So, uh, I, I know Anthony
0: Davis is going to I think uh, I, really just, I think, forward. I think with Anthony, just yeah, I know. Anthony Davis can play center, though. I think... I think it's kind of a hard stretch to say Towns is going to be better than Davis. I love Carl uh,
1: I say maybe just as good,
0: but if, well, I if think even as good just career. because of what Davis is able to do defensively. I love Carl Anthony Towns and I think offensively he's probably the most skilled offensive big in the game. But defensively he has a lot of shortcomings. He really needs to work on his ability to defend the pick and roll. As a rim protector, he's not nearly at the level where he should be, and that's what separates Davis because Towns, yeah, I'll say even right now he's a little bit better offensively than Davis. Davis is a great offensive player as well, um, but defensively it's no contest.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for me though, the only thing I'm going to say is that you know, I really don't see Anthony Davis ever doing anything in his entire career on that team, unless he, or any team really, unless he has someone like a DeMarcus Cousins next to him or someone that's just as good as him, just about. And then they got to build around that. And I'm not saying that you know, in in the time or the era of you know super teams now, clearly everyone does that. All I'm saying is that there's specific players that you know that if you put. Just him and whoever around him, a.k.a. LeBron James, Kobe at some point in his career, etc. You knew that they were going to at least make the playoffs know, at least be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into detail about that. I just don't see him being the centerpiece of – I don't want him to be the centerpiece of my team. I'm not going to give him – because, yeah, I definitely would take him over some other people too. But just when you're saying top five players in the NBA – He's, you know, he doesn't have, you know, what James Harden. James Harden literally doesn't work that hard on the defensive end. Like, just like what you said about Westbrook, Westbrook puts, like, he's so fiery. Looks like he's going to be exploding, like, out of his skin at any time, at (laughs) every minute of every game. And it's awesome, and he's crazy, and he's so, you know, passionate about this. But imagine if James Harden had half of that. Like, James Harden has the same numbers practically as Westbrook. Like, I know Westbrook had, like, this historic year. When you look at the numbers side-by-side, win shares, you know, points, rebounds, and assists, Harden pretty much averaged a triple-double-two and, like, averaged more points than Westbrook did, if if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, imagine if Harden put in, like, half effort on defense or, like, maybe hustled a little harder or something sometimes. Like, he would be the best player. Like, he'd be he might be better than Durant at that point. It's just, I don't yeah. even know. It's yeah, but the Harden the fact is, is Harden's lazy. Yes,
0: and, that is the fact is that he is lazy, and well, I'm just you, saying, like, you, you talk, talk about defense. those points, rebounds, and assists. That's all on the offensive end. No one's questioning Harden's offensive well, ability. Of
1: course. If this is, but then again, you if, know, I don't see any of these players, you know, being the um, defensive guy that makes the a, a huge difference, except for you know. LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. You know, I, Russell Westbrook's a, great, a, a pretty good defender, but he's not making a first, second, or third, you know, team defensive yeah, well, you know, ever. And you got got Chris Paul's on my list as well. I'm not 100% sure if he's on yours, but I think he's the best def, uh, defensive point guard in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say the only reason why I don't have Anthony Davis in that top five is just he's, he doesn't have it, because what those top five players, but he does have... You know every qualification and skill level to be a top to be in this top 10. You know,
0: if not, right outside it if you're have a certain opinion. But yeah, just top I, five is, I just think know, also, yeah. also just his injury history because you mentioned a little bit about how with players like Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and their prime, you knew. At the very least, you'd always be getting the playoffs with them. Right, and exactly. Anthony Davis, just he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick on a few of his seasons where he just hasn't been healthy long enough to be able to contribute. That year, um, when was it? I think it was twenty fifteen when they got to the playoffs as an eight seed. That was his kind of coming out party where he was healthy yeah. for a majority of the year, and yeah, he led I mean, them to the like playoffs. He's
1: injuries, so you need consistency too. You want your best player to yeah. be there all the time and lead your team. But so I'm gonna continue with mine. I got my number six at Steph Curry. Um, just the fact that he's not in the top five just shows how talented this league is. That dude's crazy. If you would have asked a year yeah. or two ago, he two probably would have been
0: two time MVP not in your top five.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, he's not in yours either. So <laughs> yeah. Exactly that just shows how crazy deep this league is and how crazy these players are getting especially in the past couple of years. Uh, LeBron James is always going to hold that number one spot until I think he retires. But just to see you know, the rise of Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that is so cool. Because two years ago, he wouldn't even have been in your top 20. You know, maybe. You know, he's he just another player yeah. that really was a defensive-minded player that contributed, put in 15 to 18 points a game. Now he's a star player on both ends. So, uh, yeah, so I have Steph Curry, crazy player, number six. Uh, number seven for me. Uh, I know I have him a little high, and I was surprised you. I got Giannis, uh, the Greek freak, uh, on the Bucks. That dude. Uh, I know he asked Kobe for his challenge this year. Kobe said MVP. So I, before Kobe said that, of course, uh, I thought that a thousand percent Giannis is about to win this MVP. The dude is insane. He leads the Bucks in every single category. Uh, he's never going to relinquish that. He's always going to lead the Bucks in every single category, in my opinion. And he's only going to get better. And I think he's better than Anthony Davis, that's why he is above Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. And that has nothing wrong to say with Anthony Davis. We're talking Steph Curry's number six. You know what I'm saying? It's just the fact that that is a talent that I've never seen before. So. To see him dribble once or twice and get the entire court he's already ran through the entire court just on one or two dribbles and he led an okay bucks team to the playoffs and i expect him to win the mvp this year and if not at least be in the running so yeah i got that dude slotted there and right after that anthony davis so uh clearly i have respect for ad also but i think Giannis is just just a little better kind of thing and he's younger so he's going to get better and Uh, He doesn't have a history of injuries, so I just see Giannis as being the face of a team and someone that's going to be there game in and game out and lead your team. So, uh, yeah, I think I have Anthony Davis after that, just like you've been been saying. You spent a lot of time on him. Great player. Uh, And then right after that, number nine, I have Chris Paul. Um, Best defensive point guard in the league. Such a playmaker. When he's healthy, he's. There's not one bad thing to say about Chris Paul, except for the fact that he just doesn't really win that much in the playoffs. So uh, that's not necessarily just his fault. Maybe that changes with the Rockets. Who knows that it's him and Harden now. But all I know is that if you're just, we're just rating players here, Chris Paul's got to be in that top ten. He slips right in there uh, at nine for me and number ten. We got to Marcus Cousins. So, you know, i think about the Pelicans that they have, you know, Ad at number eight for me, and Demarcus Cousins at ten. So there's there's no lack of talent there. If they both can stay healthy and build, you know, around them, they got something going. So there's my top ten. I had a couple that fall right out of the top ten. I wanted to shoot out honorable mention for them. Uh, Paul George. Uh, so much so much talk about Paul George. So much this offseason, especially. Um, yeah, he's right there. If he's not tenth on your top ten list, he's like eleventh or twelfth. So. You know, he's right there in a the top 10 player. Uh, Jimmy Butler, can't wait to see what he does in Minnesota, but clearly he was the face of the Bulls, and he's an amazing player. He's a two way player. That's so rare. You know, uh, obviously Paul George is, is pretty great with defense as well, but Jimmy Butler's just special. Uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, Blake Griffin for me. So there's a little shout out for our honorable mention. They all are in the top 15. Could squeak into the top 10 if you fought me on a different day, maybe with a specific <laughs> argument, but. But uh, there's 10 with a couple extra.
0: So, uh, yeah, let's end this off with the end of your top 10. So let's hear the rest. Yeah, so, I mean, our top 10 is pretty similar, actually. So number six, I got Steph Curry, just like you did. Uh, Not much you have to say about him either. Two-time MVP. And like you said, the fact that he's not in either of our top five just speaks to how much talent there is or at least great talent at the top of the league as far as talent. In the league goes with, uh, I mean, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Westbrook, Durant, and James. But yeah, Curry at number six. I got Harden at seven, and Curry and Harden could kind of flip-flop them if you want. I don't have a problem putting Harden ahead of Curry. What Harden's able to do for the Rockets, or what he did last year, I know his role's going to be changing with Chris Paul coming in. But um, yeah, he had an unbelievable season, and really just showed... How much of a great playmaker he truly is, and that's on top of obviously his unbelievable scoring ability um, and his ability to rack up rebounds as well. Number eight, I got Giannis. I know you had him at seven, and I actually agree with you. I think that Giannis is going to win MVP this year. He, oh uh,
1: my god, that's gonna be such
0: a fun year. He is just unbelievable, and if the Bucks are able to, if. The Bucs have Jabari Parker come back, and he's anything like how he was last year before he tore his ACL. I think not this year, but the next year, assuming LeBron James leaves the Cavs and leaves the Eastern Conference, that Bucks team could very easily, end up, not easily, but they could very well be in the NBA Finals. I could see them topping the Boston Celtics. I love what yeah, the Bucks yeah, have are, going on brogdon chris chris middleton you know jabari parker
1: Giannis. so they actually have a pretty you know interesting young core that's got a lot of talent
0: yeah i think they have a lot of great i'm going to say complimentary pieces i don't think brogdon is going to be a star or someone you want to lean on but definitely a contributor same thing with chris middleton and thon maker i really like thon maker i think that he just needs his frame to fill out um but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this more on a different podcast. Right now, just talking about Giannis and how ridiculous he is as a six foot eleven, seven foot small forward. With how big is his wingspan? Probably like seven five, seven six, something yeah, like that.
1: He's dribbling the ball to Corey. Yeah, it crazy. takes two
0: steps from the three point line, and then it's a dunk. It's just how do you defend that? And if he can ever develop an outside shot, we were talking earlier on this podcast about Randall and if he can develop one. If Giannis ever develops an outside shot, he, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised to have him at the top, top of this list. Yeah, uh, Number 9, I got Chris Paul. I think that was, yeah, number 9 and 10 were the same. Chris Paul, 9. DeMarcus Cousins, 10. Chris yep. Paul, I think he's kind of forgotten about just with how the NBA is with Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry are obviously the premier point guards when you talk about um, just talent in the NBA. And then, Kyrie Irving, I think, is the next guy that kind of gets mentioned. Even though I don't think, if you ask most people, who's better, Kyrie or Chris Paul, some people actually might say Kyrie, but then they don't watch basketball. I just people think people
1: now, people now will say Kyrie.
0: Yeah, like, I, I just think about Kyrie's name all the time. But well, it's just, no way, it's no. just Kyrie's so much more relevant once the playoffs come around because Chris Paul, yeah, you it's, know, it's just no, he's, just
1: no way. Chris, yeah. Paul
0: is, Chris Paul's insane. a better player. Chris Paul plays defense. Kyrie doesn't. And uh, Chris Paul and Kyrie are both phenomenal offensive players, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, from your point guard, you want a floor general that can make plays happen for your team, and you aren't, you're not You're going to love it if they're a force you reckon with on defense as well, so, you know, when you get those two, you have everything you want from a point guard also, throwing the fact that he can score a little bit too, you know, that dude's a premier point guard, so... Yeah, and you talked
0: about how you thought Chris Paul was the best defensive point guard in the league. I would say maybe Patrick Beverly better, but yeah, definitely top two. He's right there with Beverley. Um, and then number 10, like I said, DeMarcus Cousins. This was one where I really tried to think of someone else who was better than Cousins because to me, just a top 10 player should be able to lead his team to a playoff berth at the very least, and DeMarcus Cousins has never made the playoffs, and he's going into what? His 8th year in the league, I believe. 7th, yeah. 8th year. So, I was just trying to look for someone else. I just... I couldn't, though. I had... If they, Paul... if, they can't make, if they can't make it this year with the two of them, Andrew Holiday and Rondo, if they can't slip into the 8th seed, like... Well, the West is really yeah. tough, but... Yeah, I mean, I yeah, we're talking two out of our top ten, both of us, are on that same team. I know. Team. If they can't slip they into should the 8th, something's wrong. But you look at... They have absolutely nothing around them at all. They're starting small forward, just tore his hamstring. They have no bench at all. Uh, right.
1: I mean, still, it's just the fact that look at the Heat. You know, like back in the day, they put together star players and scum <laughs> around them. And yeah,
0: but LeBron they don't. James. They don't have LeBron James, so that's the right. difference.
1: Exactly. I'm just saying, with the two two players in our top ten. And you add a Rondo, you got Drew Holiday, and there are some other players. If you can't slip into the eighth, there's something wrong, and you're never going to be good
0: until you just blow it up. Yeah, which I think is what's going to most likely end up happening after this year. I think
1: I keep I, I keep saying it. They, I'd love to see DeMarcus Cousins get traded to the Cavs somehow.
0: I think in a if the Pelicans do that, they need to trade Davis as well. He's got what, probably I think two two three years left on his contract. Just I would be fascinated to see what type of a return they could get for him. So it's going to be a King's Ransom. I thought the Celtics might have tried to go after him, but now with the Kyrie trade, they still have a lot of assets, but um, I think that definitely lowers the probability for that. Um, but yeah, the players that I just left out were actually same as yours, Paul George, Kyrie Irving, and Jimmy Butler. No particular order. Uh, I think you could also throw maybe... Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan into the discussion as well. Whoa. You don't think so? Uh, right there? Maybe, you know what, maybe not Lowry.
1: There's somewhere in 15 to 20, but their name's not, you're not gonna think about someone like a Blake Griffin?
0: I, no, maybe part of it's just his injury history, because I did really like Blake Griffin back when he was healthy. Uh, you know, I guess I'd put Griffin ahead of DeRozan and Lowry, but it's not like it's some big gap between them. Right. Is there someone else that you DeRozan's, think... Do you
1: think DeRozan's above Lowry?
0: Yeah, I'd put DeRozan above Lowry.
1: Yeah, same. Okay. Okay, well, yeah. Honestly, it sounds like our lists are pretty dead on close to each other. If not, you got one or two names that are interchanging. So, clearly landscape of the NBA is clear to both of us and these players are crazy talented and who knows, next year it'll be a completely different list. Someone like a Kawhi Leonard will make a rise from a top twenty five, top thirty player, all of a sudden to your top five. You never know, you know, so uh, that's that's about it for this podcast in particular. We uh, really just had a good time talking about so many different topics and <laughs> getting to talk about all this into one podcast. I know I had a lot of fun, and I'm really happy we be able to get our top 10 active player debate in uh, at some time. So now at least we both got that out now. Clearly it's pretty dead on, but, you know, any last words to say to our loyal fans?
0: Uh, no, just thanks for listening. We got this podcast down to just a little over an hour, so we're making strides. I liked how quickly we were able to change topics earlier and then Got into our top ten players. We'll see. We'll see how this list changes. We'll try to have another list after this following season. And uh, yeah, we'll see who was rising the most, who dropped the most. Um, so yeah, just thanks for listening. And um, as always, I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Perry Aston. Make sure yes. to make sure to listen to our podcast either on SoundCloud or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. Again, Perry's been doing an unbelievable job maintaining that Twitter page and keeping us up to date. Make sure to follow Perry on Twitter at Perry Aston and follow me on Twitter as well, although I'll admit I'm not nearly as active, but I'm on Twitter <laughs> at CorbinMRPK. So if you feel like just adding one more person to your follows, why not? I'm not going to get too much content out of me, but when I do tweet, it's good.
1: yeah follow, follow me if you want like the best person that you follow so follow me follow that page it's just so much content coming at you i didn't realize how great this page could be until we went full at it so amazing content show us some love on there with some favorites some retweets a follow if you haven't already again that's at nba unwrapped on twitter uh we appreciate whoever listens uh at this point for us and sticks in for a full hour uh again we're gonna work on the timing of course but we gotta fit in all the knowledge that we know into one episode
0: so yeah i'm pairing and uh thank you so much from us here at nba Rev. all right thank you until next time take care